0: Hello and welcome to the 99 podcast dedicated to covering entertainment focusing on the LA theater community. I'm Matt Ritchie. And I'm Benjamin Schwartz. On today's
1: show, we're gonna be talking with the production crew of Definition of Man. That's Nikki Moore, Jason Rosario, and Tavi Stutz. This is a killer show that features two characters lost in the post-apocalyptic world and their inability to communicate with each other, even though they're right next to each other. Thanks for being on the show, everybody. I would love to hear where this show came from. Uh, It's a huge, high-concept show that has a lot of philosophical ideas and is very beautiful. And and just tell me a little bit about that process on how it got started.
2: Jason and I, when we were coming up the idea of doing a show together, we read a bunch of plays, Sarah Kane and, you know, Beckett and uh, little Albee and that sort of absurdist, isolationist, pared down kind of stuff. But in terms of philosophy, a ton of the basis came from, like, I would say classical, contemporary and postmodern slash feminist rhetorical theory. Um insofar as the central ideas of the show are how the world is formed through the way we speak to one another. Um, And we wanted to kind of explore that philosophy through action. Because a lot of times you read these really heady texts alone in your room for a class or you write a paper and then it just lives in your mind. But like these are – very much siloed in academia and this piece kind of brings them out. I feel like this piece could be like a, a little graduate school <laughs> project of in and of itself to mm-hmm. see like if it's possible to bring theory to life in that way. So obviously that was, that was me. Uh, Jason wasn't like, yes, please. But he did read all this stuff and get on board with it. But it was my weird idea to sort of insert that super intellectual side into the piece, but he liked it. So, yeah, Plato. Obviously Kenneth Burke, because the name of the piece comes from the Kenneth Burke uh, essay. Uh, Richard Weaver, who's an amazing contemporary rhetorical theorist who kind of looked at um, Plato's like uh, address as a metaphor for communication. Like, a good the, like the true platonic ideal of love versus the evil lover versus the non-lover, um, and then uh, feminist epistemologies like Donna Haraway situated novels where you can only get to truth by speaking from your the place that you live in the world.
0: Hmm. No in a nutshell, <laughs> <laughs> briefly, briefly, just, and and I this was. And all of that really came out in the first version of this. Sure, um, absolutely. And so obviously, the, you know, the, the, the more times you do something, the more refined it's going to be. And I know some of that was uh, physical with, and perhaps sections being, you know, moved or tweaked or, or what have you. What do you feel during the... This, this is the third iteration that you're working on now, yes? I'd say it's almost
2: the fourth version. Yeah. Okay. It's like four and a half, maybe. Okay. Because we did it this summer briefly in Michigan, and then we've come back again, and I'd say it's more fine tuning at this point. Gotcha. Well, for for sure, after this long, you hope.
0: (laughs) Um, What do you you feel were the things that really shifted and changed? I mean, I'm sure most of it is is, is fine tuning, you know, and there wasn't, you know, suddenly this is not becoming a a brand new show, but what was there about it? Um, especially with a, a new director, am I right? Tommy, you went from from choreographer to, to full on directing this. Am, am I am I correct in that?
2: Yeah.
3: What yeah a- but I I worked a lot still with JJ, and we sort of have worked together, and we definitely agree on on where the direction has gone.
0: What was that? Yeah. What was what was the direction that, or what were the things that that got specified or tweaked or moved around?
3: Well, for me, part of the stuff that I find. I love the text I find the text super rich and sometimes it's even still when I listen to it and I've heard it hundreds of times at this point there's still new things that pop out to me and I just wanted the movement to be as strong and as um, I guess deep and meaningful as the text is Mm. so my whole, my whole sort of reasoning or looking at stuff was, how can we put movement on that that just colors in the text in a way that you couldn't get if two people were sitting in a chair.
0: Hmm. And how how much of this was brought in physically? How much of this was kind of brought in to the initial production. I mean, I'm I'm imagining, you know, hey, let's move the couches and you stand on my feet right here and then we'll bring this in to show Tavi and JJ and we'll see if they like this jumping thing. How much how much of this was created by you two and how much of it was kind of group oh. effort?
4: Yeah, well, when we first, uh, when Nikki first wrote the script, none of the, the movement as it is in the show now was uh, written in the script. Well, we just had basic it was ideas. It's like
2: placeholder, like, yeah. things happen here. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. And, then, uh, and then we uh, initially had, uh, we couldn't get a hold of Tavy, so we initially found uh, one of Nikki's friends from Russia that she studied with, Vern, to come out and uh, help us choreograph some of the show. And so we actually flew him down for uh, for a weekend to do like an, atten- an intensive with him uh, before we did our workshop back in uh, what was that 2016. That was
2: in 2016. So yeah, we, yeah, we learned basic counterbalance with Tavi's friend. Actually, like he's why we know Tavi in the first place, mm. which is awesome. I met him in Russia, and and the the reason we do counterbalancing is because um, that I knew that existed, but knowing something is possible and then knowing how to do It's mm-hmm. really different. Um, I, I was able to do it when I was in grad school, like years ago, but I just couldn't. And I had a little book and I was like, Oh, like this thing would be cool. And then I just could not, we tried to figure it out on our own. It's really not possible (laughs) unless you're already unless you're already an acrobat then you're probably fine because you know what you're doing but I I couldn't remember it's amazing you can learn it and then be like wait we stood on each other and like you move you lean back and I lean back why does this feel so hard because I remember I could do it so knowing that I could do it was why I thought I could because if I had seen it and not tried it ever in my life I would be like hell no I can't do that you know what I mean. Mm so, But yeah, so Jason and I didn't so much just randomly come up with it. I, I believed that we could do it. He is very physically uh, capable. We met in a Muay Thai gym, so we knew we were like up for physical challenges. And so then uh, our friend Vern basically taught us the basics, and we showed those to JJ, our other director, and he plopped them into the show where they felt correct. And then Tavy. When he got involved, helped us smooth out how he got in and out of them and then built on those. Those were like our little flag, tent pole? Yeah. Flagpole? Tent pole? Yeah. yeah. Tent pole. <laughs> the tent pole moves when the show is in its very, very nascent staging.
3: Yeah. And then what I would venture to say is, <clears throat> excuse me, Nikki and Jason have worked their bums off to get to where they are now. And the movements have gone (laughs) way beyond counterbalancing and turned into... I've I've pulled from some circus stuff that I know. I've pulled from some dance stuff that I know. And, you know, sometimes there's, like, a move in there that's, like, a tango dance Mm. move, and we have Nikki basing it and Jason flying it. Mm. So it's, like, really playing with the the movement as well as the text plays with sort of who's leading the dance at any given time. Hmm. And it's fun to watch the interplay with that. That goes beyond, um,
1: counterbalancing. Have you, did you notice any difference, uh, going from here and then going to Michigan with the audience reception?
4: To be honest, it's felt pretty universal in terms of the, the responses. Um, Cause the way we created the pieces, we wanted people to just come away with something strong, um, whatever that emotion was for them. We just want to be proxies for them. And uh, wherever we go, like people, they get something out of it. it. It's pretty interesting to see how they connect to it. And everybody comes at it from a different angle and uh, they're all perspectives. And whether they're happy, angry, sad, like they, they all take away something from it. It's really interesting. And
2: it's interesting too, because like, I'll be honest, we were expecting varied responses. We're like, oh, man, this is probably going to be scandalous here or this. But we kind of have been getting pretty consistent, really, like high quality levels of engagement with our audiences in different locations in a way that is honestly surprising to me. Because I guess it's also like our show is very specific. So if you're willing to take a chance on a show that sounds very weird and highbrow, strange, physical, you're kind of already open in a way, mm. so maybe that's it. Yeah. But uh, we had like a lot of old people see us in Scotland <laughs> <laughs> because our show was at eleven twenty-five a.m. Uh-huh. and everybody else was asleep or drunk still. Um, but it was, and, but like those react, you know, the same things they would say would be the same thing that these very young kids would say to us too.
0: Yeah. Well, one of the things that, that I, that I think was so great about this, um, is, you know, we've been talking about the philosophy of it and we've been talking about the technical challenges and what have you. But I think the reason that you get that kind of response from people is that. Yes, all that is in there, but it's connected to the real relationship between people. You really get a heavy emotional sense of what's going on between two human beings in, in every aspect of a relationship. While you're getting all of these heady things, there's still so much emotion coming out uh, from the two of you that I think that is the thing that really ties all of this together, you know? I mean, it without that aspect and without the two of you being such good actors, I think the rest of it could be a really interesting intellectual exercise. But the soul of it, the connection, the emotional connection between the two of you is what really makes the show something to think about. Because if... I think it makes people talk about their connection to one another, based in that, and which I think is is very impressive to take something so possibly thought of as 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 so intellectual and make it emotional and soulful. And that was a really, I'm I'm, I'm sure that came from every different level, from the writing to the direction to you know workshopping, but. It's a very impressive feat, and uh, I'm assuming this was what was planned at the outset, or was this something that you, you kind of tripped into certain things along the way?
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, it was definitely interesting. Um, Thank you for the nice words, by yeah, the way. Thank
2: you. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but, uh, no, definitely when we, when we first got together and we had been reading plays and we decided to sit down and just write down a bunch of bullet points to... Just kind of check where each other was and really decide what direction we wanted to start in and um we just jotted a bunch of stuff down we got down to just two people we wanted it to be the end of times just because we didn't want the focus to be outside of these two people we wanted all the thought to just focus on them and not worry about anything that came before um outside of relationships like you were talking about Mm. and um we also we always knew that we because i always kept telling everybody i wanted it to be two sides of the same coin Mm you know, back to back sharing that same space, but never looking at each other and just missing those opportunities. And, um, I just really wanted that, uh, that focus on those characters to, um, to really just be like proxy for people. We wanted people to either come up with the lights up and it's either they're crying, they're laughing, they're happy, whatever it is, they leave. If they felt something strong enough, then we would have felt like we succeeded in what we set out to do.
2: So, so yeah, the the, like the deep emotional connection and the urgency of that was always a goal. The intellectualism is for sure uh, my fault. (laughs) Well, I mean, like and when you're looking towards big pieces like waiting for dough as your like spirit animal or whatever, um, that's a mixed metaphor. But uh, (laughs) it's like that's not exactly, you know, I don't know. Oscar Wilde. It's not a fun, farcical, light lump. Um, so you know, I was—we were sitting kind of in this profound place of like, let's make something big, way bigger than ourselves, through which we can engage very intensely. Uh, because we were kind of fed up with the commercialism of LA, and we we're kind of feeling very hungry for a challenge. Um, interestingly enough, we were able to provide that for ourselves, which. I, I mean, I would say this is the best thing I've ever written and I've written many different things in my life. So I don't take it lightly when I say that. Um, but the, yeah, so the heaviness of it, the heart, that sort of was just something that erupted happily from somewhere else that I can't really identify because it was like this very insane outpouring writing that took place over just like two days and you're we supposed to write it together and then I just sort of <laughs> wrote it and then yeah and it, and it wound up being like a mishmash of things I had read and experienced and thought about and I'd been working with a graduate student in communication studies and that's where all that came from mm. and um then each other and our own stories and our own experiences, they all sort of melded together into this very lovely thing that we've been able to mine for years now. So there you go.
1: <laughs> we like to
0: usually move into a speed round kind of set of questions here. Uh, this one is, it's pretty specific. So Jason, uh, because we're the 99 Seat yeah. Podcast, uh, one of our big questions is, is there anything that you feel could improve about 99-seat theater here in Los Angeles, in your experience?
4: You know what? It's just, uh, theater is just so different in L.A. I feel like Los Angeles uh, wants to love art more than they do. Hmm. And there's a lot of just, you know, just tugging, a tug of war of what should be done with 99-seat theater. Um, I honestly am just thankful that it's there and then people can do independent things in these theaters without having million-dollar donor even though we all want them
0: mm-hmm.
4: uh it's just that we're able to to just create something like this and be able to put it up in some random theaters when they have time and space and even though we still have to fight our little butts off to try to get into a season if we can or just find some dead time in their season um you know what i mean like there there, there is still some life happening out here i don't know what i would do to change it but um it's definitely something that we need to keep coming back to and uh revising
1: mm-hmm. good 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 answer uh, <laughs> seriously, for Tavy, uh, what's something that comes up in your work that you feel people might not notice?
3: You know what? Something that I I find super fascinating and interesting, and has come up a bunch with Nikki and Jason as it, more so in the beginning of our rehearsal process of working together is this idea of trust and working with a partner and. I think trust is a huge part of it, that people see things and they're like, wow, that's beautiful, or your lines, they're gorgeous, or look at your legs, holy cow. You like, and, and the moves will be beautiful and all of that stuff, but what people may or may not actually tap into in terms of what is really the most beautiful is trust. And the reason this has come up in our rehearsals is because you can verbally say you trust someone or you love someone or you're like, yeah, I know you got me, we got this, but your body will often have a different reaction. And then there's no line (laughs) behind Mm -hmm. that. So with Nikki and Jason, certain moves, it's like, Oh, I can't do this or I'm, I'm afraid or blah, 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 blah. But they've gotten to such an amazing and like high, high level in what they're doing that, they trust each other, like through thick and through thin. Not only in like, will you pick me up from the grocery store, but also in how they can carry and support one another physically.
0: Well, thanks so much, you guys. This is awesome. I hope uh, I hope you've been stretching during the uh, interview <laughs> so that you're all set for tonight. Yep, you bet. And we'll uh, we'll see you uh, we'll see you in North Hollywood in a couple hours.
3: Can't wait.
0: See you there. Thank you, guys. Was great. Right. Show is at eight. Thank you. We'll see you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on the 99 podcast. I'm Matt Ritchie. And I'm Benjamin Schwartz. And we'll see you next time.